Hi everybody and welcome to the Performance Quest with Francesco Cuzzolin. Uh, my name is Alessandro and uh, I'm one of the co-founders of Performance Lab and I'm very happy to be here today with uh, one of the most important strength conditioning coach and, and person in our in our field. Um, with today we start a series of podcasts and uh, I hope everyone will enjoy it. Uh, but just give me give me two minutes to to let me thank you francesco for uh have believed in us and start this new adventure with us um thank you francesco well francesco has no need of presentation he is one of the uh most important as i said strength conditioning coach has worked for uh, NBA, uh, Toronto Raptors have worked for um, Bologna, Treviso, um, have, have had a lot of collaboration with, um, with teams and uh, companies like Technogym uh, and now is the head of performance, director of performance of uh, Treviso Basket. Um, here with Francesco, uh, there is uh, our guest of today. Um, which is Marco Altini. Uh, Marco is a PhD in data science and uh, computer science engineering. And now, uh, well, he's the founder of uh, Aka Review for Training, HRV for Training, and guest lecturer at VRI University Amsterdam. As I, I said, right? Okay. Correct. <laughs> Okay, thank you very much. Um, Francesco, if you want to say just two words or we yeah, can start. I just want to say hello everybody. You know, I'm really happy and excited for the, uh, this, uh, this experience for sure. And uh, I don't like presentation because it makes me feel so old. And uh, <laughs> I want to keep believing that uh, I'm still improving, not getting old. It's a completely different approach. But I'm really excited to have a like, first guest, Marco Altini. Uh, Marco is a very experienced guy in uh, one of the hot topics. So I don't want to you know, anticipate uh, nothing about the topic for today. And, uh, you know, starting this experience with Marco, it's, a, it's a, in my opinion, one of the best start that we could, uh, we to, we could uh, prepare. So thank you, Marco, for your availability and, uh, and to be our guest uh, for this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Really happy to be here tonight. Well, OK, Marco, let's start and just, just explain us. Um, what is HRV and why it's so important in sport performance and health and fitness world? So as, uh, as HRV, we refer to um, basically the fact that the heart does not beat at a constant frequency. There is always some variation between beats. So in technical terms, we aim at quantifying that variation between beats. And that's important because basically it is our best proxy to stress and physiological stress. It's a non-invasive way to quantify how the nervous system basically responding to a stressor. So as we face stressors, which can come from many different sources, you know, training uh, as well as lifestyle, uh, psychological stressors, physical stressors, all of that will have an impact in our physiology. And by monitoring heart rate variability, we can capture this response to the stressor. What it means that our heart rate variability will reduce acutely in response to the stressor, 
as well as you know their longer periods of time in in a chronic manner so to speak as we accumulate more stressor and more stressors and might have you know issues dealing with that stress um, that's also a form of stress that will uh, result in reductions of HRV in a chronic way and it's something that we can capture by monitoring heart rate variability so that's why in general uh, you know we think it's it's a very good uh, marker variable to to quantify because it can give you insights into the, uh, your response to stress. So thank you for the introduction and because uh, I think uh, we're going to have a lot of uh, coaches and experienced uh, coaches uh, in this uh, specific topic. And uh, I'm really curious about HRV and I'm trying to understand how to apply this kind of uh, uh, measure on, on, uh, on my training method. And my first question, uh, considering also my experiences in the past, is which is the best modality to track the HRV, how and when? Because, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people are trying to push their own way of tracking HRV. So I want to know which is your experience uh, and uh, what you could advise to coaches uh, when they got to take this number. Yeah, I think that's a great question because, you know, there is... Um... There's a lot out there, right? As you mentioned, many different tools and many different companies. And there is also a lot of research, like 50 years of papers published in the topic. And then one of the issues that comes up is that often there is a lot of inconsistency, right? So it's not that clear maybe what's what's the best way to capture data that then is going to be meaningful. Uh, and it's easy to get it wrong, maybe. So I think it's important to try to provide some guidelines there. And in my opinion, the best ways to do it are basically two. Uh, you can do either a first uh, a measurement first thing in the morning. You know that's something that you can do in a very uh, let's say repeatable context, which means that you know every day it's the same. You're not affected by other stressors when you do it, and that's really the important bit because you know as soon as you drink coffee, you do some exercise, you will have an acute response, and then it, it does not make much sense to measure afterwards. And you know it doesn't mean that every stressor will have an effect that is that is negative or or that the problem there is simply that you don't want to measure right after that acute transitory effect that will just disappear in a few minutes uh, that is just gonna you know give you invalid data basically. So first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, lying down in bed, that's certainly a good option. The other option is to measure throughout the night. So if you have a device that can track your HRV as you sleep. That's also a good method. There, we have then uh, another question, which is, you know, some devices uh, would give you maybe the lowest data point, you know, or the highest data point, you know, mm -hmm. lowest in maybe in terms of heart rate and highest in terms of HRV, or some would average uh, maybe the first few hours of the night. Uh, I think first bit averages maybe between one and four a.m. Other devices like the Oura Ring would give you an average of the entire night. So as I looked a bit into all these methods, uh, I think if you use all the data that you have, in this case, it gives you a bit of a better estimate of the body's response to stress. Because you know, as you sleep, you're unconscious, but at the same time, your uh, HRV will depend on your sleep stage. So if you isolate certain periods of time, maybe you have isolated you know, one night, hours in which you were mostly in deep sleep, and another night, hours in which you were mostly in um, 
REM sleep or you know you had poor sleep and you were you're just anticipating my questions (laughs) (laughs) so then you know i think at that point instead of cherry picking you know this specific point of the night it's better to make use of the data and as you average the whole night your physiology will be reflective of the stressor so i think it's a good idea at that point to use the all night or you know just a subset of it that is uh, quite comprehensive still of, uh, of the all night and uh, i think those two options uh, are pretty good and have been shown to be tightly linked to acute stressors such as you know hard sessions um, lifestyle stressors, so to speak, alcohol intake, traveling, uh, intercontinental travel, all of that, you know, things that have an effect on your body, you can capture it in that way. So I would recommend this, these two methods. So we can, uh, so just to summarize, uh, just to wrap up few few concepts, some bullet points for the coaches. Um, the chronic measurement is very important because uh, it's very important to understand which is the trend. Uh, I say, and uh, the second one, the way you can match these measurements with your lifestyle. So it's very important if you're just tracking heart rate, uh, heart rate variability by itself, it's a number that is not able to explain everything you can adjust on your lifestyle. So the real evaluation tracking is lifestyle and HRV. Are you agree on it? Yeah, certainly. I mean, uh, you know, when we measure physiology, if we do not contextualize it, then it's very difficult to implement changes because, you know, we have a change in physiology, but what was, you know, behind that change? So that's why we should, you know, track things related to lifestyle as well as training load. And then you need to understand, you know, what was leading a certain change. So, um, and, you know, this metric is useful because it's not just training that will cause a change in HRV. I think that's uh, eventually, uh, you know, maybe in the older days, uh, people were criticizing the metric because, you know, they were interested only in the training bit. But I think now it's more clear that you cannot just ignore stress. You know, all the other stressors that are part of our life, they will have an impact, lifestyle, uh, you know, the pandemic, it's not something that you can just say, yeah, this is not touching me. So if you have that impact in your physiology, then you have a metric that will capture that and it will help you making some meaningful adjustments. Now, this is a very important uh, concept because uh, it's difficult to explain to the coaches that also when they are training, they are training the physical, the cognitive and the emotional aspect. So the same training with the coach that is uh, screaming on you, that's not uh, able to correct you in the right way, that's not able you know, to have a great relationship with you, it's changing completely the emotional side. And in the team sports, for example, you know, relationship that you can have with your teammates is completely different. You know? Or in a game, in a game where you have uh, crowds and, and uh, opponents or, or fans that can support you or can yell against you is changing completely. So we cannot just speak about uh, HRV and uh, training uh, uh, and training load because if you are not able to create a concept around, I mean, the the, the measurement could be meaning, uh, meaningless. So that's a very very important aspect to to underline. So another question that is, in my opinion, very important is what about normative values for HRV? You know, how much uh, individualized than the specific they should be because coaches are always speaking with the numbers you know they say if you are not able 
uh, to measure something, it means that uh, it has not any kind of value. So it's not always easy to find clear normative values about HRV or something is changed in the last years. Yeah, so this is very important because, you know, the first step is, of course, to collect data at the right time, right? We talked about that. So you do that first and you start collecting data points. But then, you know, once you have your scores, what do you do with that, right? So is that a good score or a bad score? So I think that when it comes to HRV, uh, you really have to look only at the individual. So, you know, you cannot even look at similar individuals, you know, other athletes in the same sport, even in the same team. It doesn't mean much because what we are looking here is, uh, you know, at an individual's physiological stress, which again will depend to all sort of things that are part of their life, but also of how, you know, they live these relationships that you just mentioned, for example, you know, all the psychological aspects. So the best way to make use of the data is, you know, you collect the data daily, you start having a few weeks of data, and then, you know, you know what is normal for this athlete, right? And that's when you start. So the first few weeks, you know, collect some data, just look at, you know, how things change for a person in response to various stressors. And then on a given day, then you will start finally be able to compare the daily score or the weekly average with this person's historical data. And then, you know, when you see deviations from that, then it means there is something meaningful there. For example, you know, a couple of days you have some scores that are lower than what this person usually have that are highlights much stress in that moment. And that, you know, it's not something that you would be able to understand if you just measure those days because you don't have context, you don't have historical data. So I think that's really important. It's a bit different from, you know, other metrics where, you know, you do a test maybe and you have a, a result which is already meaningful in the context of, you know, normative values for athletes or things like that. That, you know, when it comes to HRV, there is a lot of genetic components also in there. So uh, you really want to collect some data and then start, you know, checking how things deviate over time. So let me bring you this, uh, this example that could be interesting for many coaches that work in, uh, in uh, team sports, for example. They say that um, I want to provide this information to my players and I'm tracking all their HRV with some technology. Your technology, for example, is very smart tool, very simple to, to be used in, in a team situation. I can collect, you know, HRV and they could be completely different. So I, I can have players that can manage stress in a good way, other players that could be at their edge, at their limit, you know, to take a, to take a, to take a rest, for example. How you can manage the situation when you are working with a team and there could be many differences that can come from their lifestyle, like you say, because training load could be a constant. So they're working together more or less. But outside the field, outside the floor, they could have a completely different scenario. How can I manage a situation like this? Yeah, exactly. That's I think it's one of the big challenges in you know trying to use a tool that is super individualized in a team setting where, you know, you, there are things that you do with all the team together, as you say, training can be similar and all of that. But I think there uh, it's important then to try really to work on the individual with small adjustments and, you know, trying to figure out what could change inside, you know, when you train together, small adjustments in training intensity and all of that, that causes excessive stress, maybe in a period in which it's not the best timing. And then also try to work on you know what happens outside because that's also a very big component and you know it cannot be ignored and sometimes the data could help in that way because you know maybe you just 
don't know anything about that, right? So you don't know what is happening. You just see your athletes and then they seem to be training okay. And then you have, you know, a couple of days with values that clearly highlight that, you know, there are some important stressors. So it could be just a tool that at that point helps you starting a conversation with the athlete, right? And then from that, you could try to work on that and see if there is something that can be improved. I always prefer to know how my players are doing, you know, before not knowing anything and so making yeah. big mistakes. So you can avoid to make big mistakes if you got this information, you know, because you can, um, like, like you say, you can make some small adjustments that can, that can be very helpful. So uh, next question is this one, you know, because many coaches are, you know, are scared about how to use HRV. So are we sure that having this information about the recovery cannot be a psychological boomerang for some athletes, you know, because they scare, say, how I can talk with my coach and say, look, this guy in this situation uh, needs uh, some rest or needs just, uh, you know, to take, uh, to take a time out. Yeah, I agree. This, uh, this is a difficult one because, you know, it can have an impact, right? Anything that tells you something about how you're supposed to be feeling, uh, your condition and everything, you know, can have a psychological effect on the athlete. I think, uh, you know, there are first, I think it's important to talk and educate the athlete about, you know, what is this about, right? So you're measuring stress, for example, and, uh, you know, sometimes your body is just, you know, preparing for example, more, more sympathetic, for example, right? Preparing for a match, right? You're getting, you know, uh, really excited for the game and, you know, your HRV could lower a bit. And that's totally normal, right? It's just a situation in which you are basically primed for action, right? So I think just by uh, going over some of these things, it can be more clear that, you know, a negative score, an isolated negative score is not necessarily uh, a bad thing and it does not mean that you cannot perform. At the same time, you know, it could be that there is some psychological component there that is still a problem, right? So it, maybe you just don't want to see that uh, on a day of, you know, an important game or important match. So I think it's valuable still maybe to look at the data retrospectively, right? Because still you're going to play. But then uh, you might want, you know, to just hide the data on that day. For example, in our software, you know, you have that option. So you measure, for example, a given day and you say in the questionnaire, okay, today is game day and, uh, you know, I don't want to see the score. And then you don't see it, but then you still have the data for later because, you know, it can be still valuable just to see, for example, how were the players feeling or responding on, on, on the day of the important match or something like that. So I think there is, there is also, you know, room for sometimes collecting data without being totally transparent or looking at it because it can have, uh, you know, depending on the person and the athlete and the situation, it can have the opposite effect as well, for sure. You know what's happened to me that uh, in some situation where the response was uh, not so positive, let's say almost negative, the player was putting so much attention on his performance that performance was uh, absolutely awesome. <laughs> so because he felt he felt himself like uh, okay today I'm not hundred percent I'm uh, like seventy percent I gotta be very focused on my performance what, what I'm doing because it would be easy for me to make mistakes. And what came out, he didn't make any kind of mistakes, made a great game, you know. So yeah, what, yeah. what the mind sometimes can, can, can do, can cover in situation where your body or, or, or body and mind could be in trouble. We are a great capacity to adjust to stress. 
So knowing this number, in my opinion, and, and knowing which is the situation is absolutely important. We cannot avoid to track this number. So let's open a window uh, on, on technology because I would like to provide also some information. We have no sponsorship. So we have no any kind of conflict of interest. We can speak freely about, about what we believe is working and is worth uh, you know, having for, for coaches and, and athletes. So which is the state of the art of technology on measuring HRV uh, so far? All right, so well, um, of course we make a product, so I'm gonna talk a little about that. So we yep. build HRV for training, which is you know the uh, at this stage, they only validated app that allows you to measure just with the phone, so with the camera, and you don't need any sensor. So that's the main advantage, and the fact that you know the costs are reduced, it's easier for the athlete, um, and yeah, and it's also the only one that has been actually validated against chest straps and um, ECG. So you know, it's um, a valid method. Then uh, there are other apps uh, that require, for example, um, external sensors like Elite HRV, which is certainly a good app. Um, if you have sensors, you know, you can, the app is free. So then at that point, uh, you can just try that out. For night measurements, um, I would recommend normally the Aura Ring. I used to recommend them even before starting working with them, which I do now. So I'm just going to disclose also that. Uh, but I think it's a great device. So, you know, it's. Um, very user friendly. You wear it during the night, collects high quality data, and you can also pair it with our system so that you can read your night data in there and still get, you know, the recommendations based on the analytics we described earlier, you know, just interpreting your historical data and check, trying to figure out when you are more or less stressed with respect to your normal and all of that. So in general, I think these uh, are very good options that, uh, you know, cover a broad range from Free apps. Our app is ten dollars, and ordering I think is uh, three hundred. So you know, um, depending on budget and and all of that, you can also start easy and try to collect some data and see if that's something that is working out for you or for your athlete, and then get something else. But I think those are good solutions. Absolutely, it doesn't it doesn't need a huge investment, and uh, I think athletes could provide this technology by themselves. So it's not necessary that the team has to provide this technology because in any case are your information about your job, about what you're doing. So like you say, I'm fully agree that uh, coaches should start with a with a small step. And after that, if they are able to manage uh, all the new scenario and it is bringing results, uh, they can make the next steps. So it's not something just uh, unique for uh, Top organization, top teams, uh, and uh, or or the NBA because now I saw that Aura became like a sponsor to NBA and WNBA. So this kind of tool is becoming very very famous, you know. So you know it's it's something that uh, is not surprised me uh, at all. So yeah. uh, I'm pushing, you know. I want I want to use you as much as possible because it's a big chance <laughs> to share this topic with you. So I, another question is about, like I say, about a lifestyle. In my opinion, it's a part of athletes, or a part of being athletes that we that we like coaches have underestimated for many many years. So are you agree that HRV without a proper well set lifestyle has on the same value? And the next question is. New coaches or young coaches or coaches of the new generation must be life coaches before trainers. 
Okay. Yeah, I think that's really important. You know, it's uh, everything we discussed today. I think um, it's it's pretty clear, right? You cannot just isolate one component. You cannot just think about training. Uh, often, other stressors will take over, and uh, it's really important to look at all of that. And you know, looking at HRV will give you um, a marker of stress that captures all of that. But then, of course you need to be aware of you know where are the changes coming from and again you need to be aware of the lifestyle you need to be able to uh, you know try to work on that as well not only on the training aspect and I think you know once you have all of that then you start to have the full picture as well as you know subjective um, feeling of the athlete right it's, uh, you know sometimes people get really polarized about this you know use the technology use the HRV or you just use the subjective data you just ask the athlete you know, you don't have to use one or the other, right? You can use both, right? You can ask the athlete how they feel and you can track that and you can also look at objective data and complement the two. I think those plus training load give you, uh, you know, the full picture and then you can make smarter choices. So uh, we are always speaking about uh, HRV to manage uh, athletes training load. But, you know, in the same team, there are coaches, there are staff, so what about them? Sometimes they they are they are in a situation that they need to manage more stress than their athletes. You know, I'm thinking about you know uh, end of the season, uh, lack of results, uh, firing coaches or or signing new players. You know, coaches are managing a lot of stress. What what can we say about them? Yeah, for sure. I think uh, you know the same applies, right? So it's uh, it's the same in you know the business world uh, or uh, you know in psychology research where you know you don't even look at athletes right but you just look at how stress affects the body and then they still use hrv as a way to capture that stressor and implement changes as well as you know to do interventions like um anything you know related to breathing and trying to improve your parasympathetic system and all of that will have then an effect also on your hrv so i think that you know the staff the coach as well as you know anyone else uh, can use this tool to better manage stress uh, regardless of training despite the fact that normally we use it in training because the athletes are really the ones that are motivated to use this data to improve you know always striving to improve while for the others maybe you are less uh, driven to try to look into these kind of things but for sure there is there is value in there also for uh, you know uh, people other than athletes so you have mentioned breathing, for example, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, can we provide a few advices on uh, which are the, let's say, treatments or procedures or techniques that can be helpful for, uh, for athletes and, I mean, uh, players to, let's say, to boost the, their HRV somehow? Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, first, you always have to start with the basics, right? The basics of lifestyle and, you know, get consistent high quality sleep right so without doing much else i think there it's uh, it's certainly key um and again also anything related to diet appropriate you know food intake for what is the demand of your sport um try to reduce other stressors and then you can also go for uh, you know some specific protocols or interventions that aim at training uh, again, your parasympathetic system and improving your HRV, things like biofeedback. Eventually, it's deep breathing, just, you know, guided in a way that is maybe more fine-tuned to you, you know, at a specific frequency of breathing. Uh, things that you can also find out while, you know, using these tools that will teach you 
you know what's uh, what's the best way to do it for yourself and then uh, take it from there to, to also improve uh, basically your baseline of chronic values. So once again, you got a, an holistic approach, you know, there's not something that is working better as to be individualized. You got to test on yourself. You got to see how it's working or it's not working. So it's not generally speaking that we say breathing is a good technique for everybody, but the amount of benefit that you can bring is is individualized, is subjective, you know, is not 100% sure. For sure, breathing is important, you know, activity that we can manage, we can adjust, but the results is absolutely subjective. And I think that you are agree with me on, on this. Point. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. There is a lot of experimenting also, you know, with um, individual athletes to figure out what works for them. I think there are always two aspects. One is just the assessment, right? You do the measurement so you understand, you know, what's the situation with stress. So that's something that any coach can start doing. And then there is the difficult part, which is, you know, how do you make changes to actually get better? And that's where you need to experiment a bit more and, you know, find what works for your athlete. So before you say that, uh can happen that the athlete is uh, managing stress because it's uh, very close to big games, uh, playoffs, uh, you know. So HRV that is getting higher, sorry, that is getting, you know, like results, is getting lower, so the, the results is not the best, doesn't mean that the player uh, uh, is not in a situation that can uh, perform uh, in a proper way. So thinking about to manage, uh, for example, a key moment of the season uh, when players are, uh, you know, playing for the next contract and playing for uh, good results, what the coaches could expect in your, in, your, in your experience, if you had this kind of experience? I think that, you know, uh, what we should not worry about is like the isolated low score, you know, the... Uh, the acute response and, you know, that's something that maybe is just, you know, I know they a poor night of sleep. I think what we need to be more cautious about is when that happens more frequently, like you have a couple of days in a row and, you know, your scores are always low and then there might be something there. Uh, and that's when you might need, you know, to make some adjustments also as a coach, um, you know, again, training intensity and reducing that is typically, uh, you know, the, the, the first thing to do. Um, and yeah, because again, once you have that kind of chronic negative response, uh, you know, it could be anything, even just, you know, now we have, you know, the context of the pandemic an infection, for example, is something that, uh, you know, you'll see in your physiology, uh, maybe a day or two before even you have other symptoms, right? Because your body is already fighting it, right? So your heart rate is raised, your HRV is reduced. So those kind of, you know, data points can help you also identify potential issues there, uh, which, yeah, can, can help, uh, you know, making, making adjustments again. Did you find the differences between uh, different sport disciplines, like <clears throat> in, uh, I don't know, uh, cyclism, uh, team sports, uh, running, uh, long distances, uh, you know, I know that you got a lot of data that you have the possibility to provide some information about that. Yeah, so normally we really try to advise always athletes to just look at how their data changes, you know, with respect to their own history. So uh, not necessarily comparing groups. I would say that, you know, endurance athletes tend to have maybe uh, slightly higher values uh, of parasympathetic activity. But at the same time, you know, 
even uh, working with this data for many years at you know with many athletes of all different levels i do not think that you have necessarily a strong link between uh, even hrv and uh, and performance even in endurance sports uh, i think you know something like uh, an association like you have even when you're resting heart rate, you know, typically you take top elite athletes in endurance sports will have a very low resting heart rate, others will have a much higher resting heart rate. We are not looking only at the elite, of course, because that's a very small range, but let's look at the population, right? But if you look at HRV, then you don't necessarily have that link, because I think it's really a, a metric of stress, something that you use at continuous feedback loop, so, you know, continuously use the information to make changes, but it's not that you aim at the score, you know, it's not that over the long term, you want to get this particular value. What you want to do typically is to stay within that optimal range for you and not to go outside of that very often and, you know, not go below that very often. And of course, if you start from a poor situation, so to speak, you know, you have poor lifestyle and, you know, a person that maybe is a sedentary person, not an elite athlete, you know, then, of course, you can also improve on your baseline value, right? Because there is so much you can do. Basically, anything you would do would improve uh, all your physiology, right? So also your HRE. But when you look at, you know, in the context of elite athletes, I think typically uh, we, we see higher values than the regular population. But then uh, I think the, the main insight is really in the day-to-day -day stress management more than, uh, more than anything else. Oh, we're getting close to the end. Uh, Alessandro, sorry. Do you have any question? Because uh... yeah, yeah, I, I would like to 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 ask something, but very uh, very short question, I think. But um, it's a curiosity, of course. But I think it's uh, it's interesting to to go deeper. And we talk about lifestyle. We talk about uh, wrong lifestyle, okay, and stressors that come from that. So uh, of course. And how do you think? Well. In your experience, I think you can see in a very good way um, how much we lost in reliability of the data that we get from the athletes with the wrong lifestyle. And from the other side, maybe just look at that uh, can help us to, to do something to, to let uh, our athletes change. Maybe, I don't know, uh, which is your position about. I think that, um, you know, if uh, there are let's say, um, inconsistencies, so to speak, right? So maybe athletes that, you know, normally have a good behavior, but then sometimes they don't, then you would see in that data, uh, you know, on those days that something is off. And then, you know, sometimes you would, you could lose the ability to understand if that's a poor response to the training you provided and, you know, to the, the training stimulus or, if, you know, what's some other reason that caused, uh, you know, the dip, for example, one of the most obvious, uh, you know, strong links that we have is as simple as alcohol intake, right? Uh, if you have just a slightly higher than normal alcohol intake for one night, that is going to be reflected right away in your data. So, you know, the data captures that, so it gives you useful information from that point of view, but then you lose the basically the ability to capture uh, their response to the training stimulus because you are confounding it with you know poor lifestyle choices mm -hmm. so i think that's uh, that's always part of the picture it's a uh, i would say the you know you have the many sides of, of this because it's um, a metric that captures everything so um, you need to work on the different aspects then to figure out 
what is causing dips or um, or chronic changes. So, Marco, amazing. You know, I'm really, really happy for this huge amount of knowledge that uh, your experience has provided to our podcast. So I would like to close this uh, this first uh, uh, podcast with uh, five, no more, than, let's say, no more than five bullet points about HP. And uh, let's say that the coaches want to start tracking HRV from where they should start. You know, no more than five. So squeeze your mind as much as possible, <laughs> you know, and let's start. All right, all right. So first I would say, you know, um, get an app and start doing daily measurements every day. So that's the easiest part. And then I would say um, just take a few weeks, ideally months, for, you know, a phase in which you just collect data. You don't implement any changes. There's just awareness, basically. Yeah. Um, at that point, I would say try to experiment a little. So, you know, if you see, if you understand that an athlete has certain responses to something specific that maybe you're uh, providing as a training stimulus or, or anything like that, you know, try to try to see what changes you can implement to see if you can trigger a different response. And I would say these are just three, but uh, I think it's a good starting point. So we can summarize it even more for uh, the coaches oh, getting no, started with this. It's absolutely, you know, it's a uh, it's very important because uh, I I I can't believe, you know, like happened to me that at the beginning you wanna start uh, making changes, but uh, you cannot change. Uh, everything around your habits, you know, you, you gotta be able to understand what is in your hands and what is not. So like you say, uh, like a wise and experienced uh, sports scientist to say, start tracking, start having your numbers and after start, you know, play with them, it's understanding how they can uh, change, how they can move and, uh, and see how your athletes are responding and uh, if you can repeat the same situation one more time, because it doesn't mean that it worked one time and it's working always, you know, it takes it takes time. But uh, once again, you know, I'm playing with it from a few years and um, HRV tracking has become one of the most important tracking in, in my in my opinion, because it's a data that is a summarizing a lot of information. Yeah. So if you are able to give a, you know, the real importance to this data is something that is changing, you know, a lot of your uh, training approach. And uh, this is why I think uh, coaches need uh, uh, more simple information. They need experience, like all the new things that are spinning around our world. But uh, more than before in this period, you know, it's very important if you got this, uh, this help on your side. Because it's uh, it's 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 uh, in my opinion something that could be uh, very important making choices that can change performance and not just performance of your athletes. So thanks again, Marco, and uh, you know has been a very uh, you know a brainstorming very important for myself and I think for all the coaches that uh, will be our guests in our in our podcast. So. I wish you all the best. I know that you are working in two continents, uh, that uh, 
you know, I don't know how you are able to manage your stress because working so hard, <laughs> I think this is why you became an expert, you know, because you are yeah, you exactly. so much stress on your on yourself that you became a, 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 an expert, uh, you know, just because uh, you have to uh, to save your life somehow. <laughs> I'm trying to find an answer, exactly, but I don't have it yet. Okay, okay. No, no. <laughs> I'm sure that you know how to manage yourself in the best way. So, thank you again, and uh, I wish you thank all you, the best. Thank you so much. Future. To you as well. It was great being here and chatting about this, so thanks again for having me. Thank you, Marco. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, okay, just uh, close this podcast, close this first uh, for this first one. Thank you again, Marco. Thank you, Francesco. Uh, well, uh, with Marco is a goodbye, but with Francesco, uh, we're still going on uh, looking for <laughs> for our um, excellence. No, for we say yeah, we are looking for excellence, and we're still going on uh, looking for it. So. Um, let me say goodbye from me and from all the Performance Lab staff. Uh, thank you for being here at this Performance Quest. See you next time. Have a good night.